This is a daily lectionary comment for October 8th. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. These are the people of God, chosen by him from all the nations and holy to him. And Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, Jesus sends out the apostles and gives them the authority to do what he was doing himself. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now, in yesterday's reading, the, the focus was on the devotion that the people of God should have to their God. Now, in today's reading, the focus is going to be on, on the people as a whole, the Israelites as a nation. And uh, uh, these, are, these people are, ha have been formed as a nation, brought out of Egypt as a people, and then made into a nation in covenant with God at the foot of Mount Sinai. And now, uh, God is about to lead the people into the promised land where this, this nation, this people that God has adopted, is about to have a land of their own. In order for them to have that land of their own, they're going to have to get rid of the people that are already there. And we've talked about how the Canaanites are under the judgment of God. So, so what, what are they told? They are to devote them to the Lord. That is, they are to utterly drive out the Canaanites. Any Canaanite who attempts to stay in the land is to be destroyed, devoted to the Lord. They're not to be taken captives, for example. You're not to make peace treaties with them. You're not to learn to live side by side with them. You are not, verse 3 says, to intermarry with them. Uh, absolutely not. And even, even when the people of God, you are to break down their shrines, all of them, all of their places of worship. Why? Because if you don't, they will be a snare to you. Now, the basis for all of this is there in verse 6. For you are a people holy to the Lord. Okay? Then he says, out of all the peoples of the earth, only you have I chosen. It's a very odd thing, the old poem, how odd of God to choose the Jews. But he did. He chose these people of all the nations of the earth. Uh, and because he has chosen them and only them, they are to be distinct. And they are not to intermingle uh, with, uh, with the people of the land of Canaan. Now, Moses is very careful to tell them, it's not because of, if there's anything greatness in you, particularly not your size or your strength or anything like that. God did not choose you out of all the nations of the earth because there was something uniquely wonderful about you and all the nations of the earth. The thing that is uniquely wonderful about Israel is that God chose them. God did not choose them because there was something uniquely wonderful about them. This is the first of several things that Moses will say to sort of tamp down any pride that these folks might have. Look, the reason why Moses is saying that God chose you is because he loves you. And the reason he loves you is because he is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God is being faithful to his promises, and because of that, you are the beneficiaries of all these wonderful things. They are also, by the way, the beneficiaries of a great calling and a great responsibility to represent God and to be a witness to him in this world. There is a promise here that follows on this, uh, and that is uh, that, um, uh, that you are to keep these commandments and when you get into this land. And if you do, God is going to bless you just as he has loved you and chosen you out of all the nations of the earth, he will bless you more than all of the nations of the earth. Uh, and one last thing that Moses says to them is, look, you are God's special uh, treasure, his, his, his special chosen people. 
and he is sending you into this land and giving it to you and driving out the Canaanites. Do not fear the Canaanites. Yes, they may be stronger than you. Do not fear them. And why should you not fear them? All you have to do is think about what the Lord did already to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians who are far stronger than the Canaanites, look at verse 18. And it's a, a wonderful exhortation for the people of God to realize that they are the beneficiaries of God's favor, not because they deserve it. This is, a Christian might put it this way. It is by the grace of God that Israel was chosen, that Abraham was chosen, that Isaac was chosen, that God made a promise to these men and that he is fulfilling it here in this nation. When we talk about the grace of God, we mean that God chooses whom he chooses, makes the promises that he makes, and does what he does, because that's what kind of a God we have. And we would say for ourselves, who have been baptized into Christ and are part of the Holy Christian Church, the body of Christ, that we are here for exactly the same reason. The church is not made up of people who are a cut above the people who are not in church. It's not made up of people who are especially spiritual or especially moral or especially intelligent or especially anything. We are the beneficiaries of the grace and favor of God. He has chosen us. And because he has chosen us, we have a wonderful inheritance in store for us when our Lord Jesus comes again. It is a very similar kind of an idea that God would give to us. Don't think that you're better because you're a Christian than those who are not. Be thankful that God is in your life and try to reach out to those who are not yet in the church. They can be here too, but don't imagine for a moment that there's something good about you or me, why God would choose us. It's simply not. It's all about God and his dear son, Jesus. It's all about grace and that's it. All right, in Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse one, Jesus sends out his 12 apostles. Now, what's interesting here when you read this carefully, and, and then you just go back and look at the previous two chapters, chapter 8 and chapter 9, and, and it becomes very clear what's being said here. Verse 1 says, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority. What did he give them authority over? Unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Well, that was the end of our last reading. I mean, this is the, the, the end of the last chapter talks about how Jesus was curing and healing every disease, every affliction, and casting out uh, demons. So what he's doing is he's giving to his 12 apostles the authority to go on doing uh, separately from him the same, the exact same things that he himself was doing. Now, note here in verse 6, it says, uh, go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Later on, the mission will be expanded. They are told here specifically, they're not going to the Gentiles. They are not going to the Samaritans. They're going to the lost sheep of Israel. Of course, later on, that will change. And in chapter 28 of Matthew, Jesus will say, go into all nations, baptize all nations, make disciples of all nations, not just uh, uh, the lost sheep of Israel, and, and, but including everybody, including, of course, the Gentiles and the Samaritans. And that's, by the way, the, the story of the book of Acts is how that, uh, that happens. But then it says in verse 7, it says, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of, uh, of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Now, Go back over chapter 8 and chapter 9 and immediately preceded this, and you see that those are the very same miracles that Jesus has been doing, or at least 
uh, or more specifically, these are the miracles that Matthew has pointed out to us. So he points out that Jesus does these very kind of miracles. Then Jesus sends out his apostles with the same authority, the authority to do the same thing he was doing. And then they are specifically listed as the very kinds of miracles that Jesus himself was doing. Now, in verse 12, it says, uh, as they're going from town to town, um, enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. There's nothing mysterious about this. It's not as though, uh, you know, some little object will be flooding around the house. And, and if it stays there, then the apostles will stay. And if it comes back to them, then they leave. What he's saying is that go into a town and if you find somebody worthy, that is somebody who's willing to take you in, um, then stay there. Don't go hopping from house to house to house. Just find somebody who will take you in uh, and allow you to operate from there and minister to that town using their home as a home base. Eat what they feed you. They let them take care of you. He says the laborer deserves his wages, so that's fine. It but he says if you come to a house and you, you extend uh, your peace to it. I mean, the peace of the Lord be with you. We come in the name of, of, of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. And if they slam the door on you, or if they say get lost, what that means is your peace is returned to you. Okay, that's what that means. And Jesus does not say, okay, we'll stand out there and keep preaching to them until they finally wear them down. They let you, they let you in. Nor does he say kick the door in or anything like that. He does say, and leave. Kick the dust off your feet, which is not so much to insult them in front of everybody, but it is to make a, a very definite prophetic statement. The kingdom of God has come near and you have rejected the kingdom of God. What we're going to do is not spend our time and focus on you who's rejecting the truth and the kingdom of God. Instead, we're going to go look for somebody who will receive the kingdom of God. So the, the focus isn't on kicking off the dirt from your shoes. Um, the, uh, the focus actually is, okay, well, if, if, if you go to a house and they won't accept you, then, then go to another one. If they won't accept you, then go to another one. Um, don't waste your time on those who don't want to hear. Search for those who do. And when you find somebody who wants to support this ministry, who wants to hear about the kingdom and who wants to take you in, let them. Let them feed you. Let them house you. And you minister as long as that can happen and do all the things that the Lord Jesus would have done if he'd been there himself. Whoever uh, listens to you listens to me, right? And then he also warns them uh, about persecutions. Okay, so uh, just as, as Jesus, uh, um, uh, you know, gave, he gave them authority to, to do what Jesus did. Uh, he also uh, warns them that they will participate in the same kind of suffering that our Lord Jesus is going to, to uh, receive. Jesus has already been accused of, of having cast out uh, Beelzebub by the hand of Beelzebub. And he says, you're not better than me. Uh, if they've done that to you, they're, they're going to do that. Um, if they've done that to me, they're going to do that to you. But the point is, though, in all of this, is that uh, if you're being persecuted, don't worry about it. Uh, it's not you that's being persecuted. It's me that's being persecuted. Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Spirit will give you the words at that moment uh, to speak. Uh, and so Jesus encourages the apostles to go on with this ministry, understanding that it is not really their ministry. It's Jesus working in and through them through that same Holy Spirit. 